0: My name's Q Kenny. I'm from on Dari community. I'm from the Aranda nation, from my father's side and my mother's side, Penderby-Loricha. I'm living at Tichikala on my grandfather's country, living and waking there a conversation since mid last year, what's been happening in Abantua, Alice Springs, the crimes, the the break-ins and all that has also been happening in remote communities. But the main centre of focus is to be brought back into Alice Springs where the major crisis is at. Kids are leaving their home communities because they are saying out on the streets that it's, you know, not enough houses, no room to sleep. You know, there's there's no fridge for food, there's no washing machine to clean their clothes. There's no services for the kids like youth services and stuff like that in small remote communities and also education. The education system in the remote communities is very limited and coming from a very small tiny community of 200 residents, schools also in a very small community, they only have a certain number they go up to. Just say for example to 11 to 13 and after that they cannot accept any other more kids that are wanting to go back to school while they're waiting for boarding school. So there's a very big gap to why all our kids are coming in from the community. There's many factors. It's not only about alcohol. Alcohol is just a very small problem to this. Alcohol is a very small problem to this. There is more problems to this that we are trying to work on. Monday's meeting that that, the business owner, Garth Thompson, full respect to him. He What he did was good too, but... There was no outcome to that. There was no proper outcome to that. There was no solutions. There has been multiple racial speeches, comments being made and even said on ABC News. So myself and the elders, the family members that I've been talking to of Abantwa is now wanting to change that narrative, want to change that perspective, as I said earlier, want to bring that attention back to us now. We want to have autonomy over our own Indigenous affairs. We want to be the first person to be spoken to and asked questions from the government and from the media. We no longer want to be the last people to speak. As history of shown that we have always been last people to have our last say, I can guarantee you now this is going to be not our last anymore. We were always now going to be the first people to be approached to speak in regards to Indigenous affairs. A lot has changed throughout the years. Things were never like this in community and in Alice Springs, in Ubantua. Soon as the lights came on, we, we had to go home. We had no fans back then. We, you know, life was happy. Everybody knew each other. Everybody respected each other. Everybody knew where they stood um, you know, houses were always open, you know, if it was late, you know, you can go camp with your aunties or nanas or, or your friends, you know. Kids was taught respect. Back then, there was a lot of bush trips. Um, young boys would go with their grandfathers, young girls would go with their grandmothers. And they were taught multiple things on how to respect for land, how to respect yourself, how to respect for your family. And even in the school, the language was taught in the school. Everything, everything was um, family-led, Aboriginal-led. Everything was led at the time. And when 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 a child would muck up, they'd get a hiding for it. And that was a normal thing, to get smacked. Not because you'd hate your child them it's because you care for them. You care for them and you want them to grow up to live a better life and to to set an example for their kids' kids. And it was strict back in the days with our elders. Our elders had very strict rules in Hermesburg In Hermesburg we had very strict rules with anybody played up there was a community meeting or just a gathering and then we'd have to answer to our elders, what did you do? You know, explain yourself. And if it was something bad, you'd get told not to attend good events or in other communities, they were um, forced to pick up rubbish. There were rules that was put in place. But then ever since that was taken away, you can't even growl your own child anymore in front of people because people will come through. Oh, you know, that's against the law, you know, if you hit me And it's like, it's not your child. You mind your own business? Teaching my kids discipline. That's how kids start learning to respect. You know, you can't keep teaching discipline all the time, but kids will learn from it and, and then they'll grow out of that. They'll they'll learn to respect you, not as a parent, but as, as a human being and as a, a cultural person. And you're trying to show them them the way how things need to be done. There was never an issue with black and white colour skin back in those days, but it now has been embedded that if one black person do something wrong, we're all part of that problem. We're all part of that problem. But I always sit back and think and reminisce about the past because you look at nowadays kids, discipline no longer exists. All that was taken since the intervention, the responsibility that the families had for their own child, the the cultural payback system, all that the ex Indigenous affairs minister at by at that at that time, Nigel Scallion, called it barbaric and took it off. And Now with their policies that came in place when I was young at that time, look at the mess that they left us in and now they're crying for help. Now they're trying to find solutions. Well, move aside. We want to take control over our own Indigenous affairs. Now seeing myself in this situation with other men and women that was born in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s and all that stuff, Things have dramatically changed ever since the 15 years of the intervention. And the lifestyle that we have now, we are now probably classed the most vulnerable people in the country of what's been happening. We're being ripped off. We, you know, People are trying to still look for jobs in remote communities and being pushed back because it's been taken by other people. And the difference now from how it was in the past, everybody had jobs in the communities back in the past with my time growing up. And now it's hard to get a job. It's hard for these people to find a job. But from seeing how it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago, I know we can't go back to how it was in the past, but we have to now try and move forward to change people's lives, to change the perspective of the media, to start teaching our kids that's the wrong way, this is the right way. We need to start teaching people right from wrong. And we need to start teaching people that we all have to learn now to be responsible and to be accountable for our own actions and for our kids and our adults that got nothing to do, that are going to the pub. The system is out there to fail us. And now with this group, with all these um, gatherings that we'll be having, we are now hopefully prove that we can get things done. We can do it without being told top to bottom. We have to take into account and acknowledge the fact there is a pandemic of drug and alcohol in Abantwa, in Alice Springs, and it is a very big problem. At the moment, there are services that are being funded to deliver the um, services for our Indigenous communities and in Abantwa that has problem drinking. And instead of being called just a problem drinker, these people need help. Our people need help. They are calling for help. And we have so many services in Alice Springs and in remote communities that are funded to provide that service to support and help and guide our vulnerable Aboriginal people in in Bantwa. I'm not going to name organisations but we're all in this together and we all need to start using the funds appropriately according to what the government has given to that organisation to provide. If you can't do that service then we'll give, give the funding back and give it to somebody else that can do it and stop wasting our time, stop wasting people's time. We are at, at a pandemic with our own people with the alcohol and the drugs and when it comes to culture, our culture is slowly dying. Our culture is slowly dying with the amount of alcohol that is being taken out onto community, with the drugs that is being taken out to community. There is a lot of bad things that are happening out on community with the alcohol and drugs. And we all know that it's a known fact. We are now trying to see what we can try and do to help the services that is provided with the funding to do this. So it's all about working together to close the gap and our voices to be heard. So we're now going to be, like I said earlier, we're going to have autonomy over our own Indigenous affairs with this group that we have created. And it's all about working together. And when it comes to law and culture, those matters are taken in through the, count of, the of the elders who run the cultural businesses, and they know what they're doing. But it's a problem when there's alcohol involved and drugs. It's like I said earlier, we're at a pandemic with alcohol and drugs. That's just one of the very small problems to the other factors that we have in the Bantu and in remote communities. It is a very big task and I've had comments and messages from elders stating and saying that it's time that the young ones step up and take over the leadership from them, they need to a- attend to the elders. We got the grandmother's group, that's an elderly grandmother's group, which is a really positive group, and they are doing an amazing job. And it's it's now time that young people need to approach these elders and approach these elder groups and just to hang out, ask questions, just to follow their lead, because it's now going to be handed over. Our elders are getting old now and they are getting tired and weary of it and they want to pass on their knowledge to us. And I call out to every other young people out there who's wanting to make a change and to become a leader within your own community. It's now high time that you follow your elders and start asking questions and start getting knowledge from them because once they're gone, we'll have nothing. Once they're gone, we'll be We'll have no knowledge and we can't create something from nothing. We have to keep our sixty thousand plus culture and in and knowledge to keep it alive, to continue to, to for it to be continuous, so that our younger generations can carry it on and learn from us and you know, that same routine, the cycle of the cultural life. There are young leaders in Yundamu, in Santa Teresa. In Pupanya and other communities, there are young leaders there, so I'd like to call for them to also attend to this meeting Thursday from 12 o'clock onwards at the Desert Knowledge Centre. So, call out to all those young Indigenous leaders. It's now time that we start banding together and start sharing information and start sharing ideas on how and what, or how can we get the outcomes. There are Indigenous young leaders in the community, but they just need to start showing themselves. No more feeling shame or embarrassed about it because that's where that barrier is. They say, oh, poor, um, oh, like, like, you know, feeling shame. That big barrier, that wall there, they need to trash that wall down so they can step forward and start exposing themselves to to be the truth and to show the way for young kids and for other leaders also because the elders, our elders, like I said earlier, our elders are getting tired, not sick and tired of it, but getting tired. They're getting tired and we have to step up now. We have to take that fire stick from them, the stick that's been burning for 60,000 years. We need to take that and we still need to keep it burning for our young ones.